the next two weeks, we're going to be doing two of the prayer book's greatest hits. Uh, this week it's the Magnificat, and next week it's the Nunc Dimittis. Uh, so lovers of the prayer book will be very familiar with these words. I haven't been brought up quite in that way, so it's all a little bit kind of new to me. Um, but still, we'll get into the good of what Mary had to sing about uh, as we go. But I think it's, it's useful sometimes to kind of catch up with the story so far. Because I don't know about you, you've probably been to a few carol services so far. And uh, we've done the readings, and I'm not quite sure where we're up to at the moment. <laughs> so what's happened? Why, why is Mary singing this song now? Okay, so, so where we've been thus far is that Gabriel has been on two missions to earth. He's, first of all, met with Zechariah in the temple. Zechariah was an old priest. It was his day on duty. He was in the temple. Gabriel turns up and says, your wife is going to have a baby. Now, Elizabeth was as old as him. It all looked very unlikely. She hadn't been able to have children, and she was an old lady. Zechariah's reaction, you must be joking. It can't happen. That doesn't figure with reality. So Gabriel says, okay, well, you're going to shut up now. <laughs> You've said your piece, and actually you won't be able to speak again until the baby's born. Well, okay. Gabriel has a second mission, and that, of course, is to visit Mary. Very different reaction. Mary's words on hearing that she was to have a baby and that this baby would be the saviour of the world was, may it be to me as you have spoken. It was humble acceptance, quiet acceptance and trust that this amazing, naturally incredible thing was going to happen to her. Now Mary took it like that, but I think she was a young girl, she was an intelligent girl, she knew her Bible as she displays in the song that she sings that we read earlier. She's bound to have moments when she was thinking, did that really happen? Did I dream that? Did I make it up? And the very next thing she does is she goes to see Elizabeth. She didn't know that Elizabeth was pregnant until the angel Gabriel told her. So she goes straight there. And what's the reaction? Elizabeth immediately recognizes that she's in the presence of the woman who's going to give birth to our Savior. More than that, John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb recognizes that he is in the presence of his Savior too. He leaps in the womb. What an encouragement to Mary. Mary's not one who's expressed her doubts or disbelief in God. But naturally, she's been thinking these things through. She goes to Elizabeth and gets immediate encouragement and endorsement that this is right. And it did strike me that how odd it was that John the Baptist in the womb recognized Jesus, but then later on as an adult had to send a couple of his disciples off to go and see Jesus and say, are you, are you the Christ or should we be waiting for somebody else? John didn't recognize Jesus as well in life as he did in the womb. 
But you know, sometimes perhaps that speaks about how God reveals things to us. Sometimes he does it dramatically. Sometimes he does it by his Holy Spirit in a miraculous way. And sometimes God just wants us to figure it out. Jesus sent the message back. The lame walk, the blind see, the dead are being raised, the good news is being preached. Tell him that. That'll do. And that was enough. And sometimes... You know, we can put up little barriers and think, well, I'm not going to believe in God unless he writes it in the sky for me. I'm going to cling on to my intellect. And, uh, yeah, I I need hard evidence. I need God to kind of stop me in the street. Whereas actually God sometimes saying, well, actually, the lame walk, the blind see, dead are raised, lives are changed, the poor are lifted up. People are being born again. You decide. You decide if I am the Christ or you're going to wait for someone else. And we all have that decision to make. And this Christmas is a fantastic time to make it because we're all being offered this gift of salvation. We're all being offered this beautifully bundled package of Christmas. And are we going to be content to play with the wrapping or are we really going to look inside and take hold of the gift that's all our choices and I guess for those of us who know him we know that and we can join with Mary in her joyful song but not all of us do and Christmas time it's like God coming back and saying here's that story again come and have a look unwrap the gift Take hold of it because it's for you. And Mary's song, uh, we're not quite sure whether she she burst into song immediately or whether she uh, wrote it down. I imagine Elizabeth thought that was rather good and perhaps she could write it down. Um, But anyway, her first reaction to all this is, my soul glorifies the Lord. Give glory to God. The, the, the Latin version begins with the word magnificat, which is why we call it that. It's a bit of a shame we don't use that, because I like that word, because it says what glorifying and praising God does. It helps us to see him better. It helps us to see in detail how beautiful and how marvelous and how magnificent and how loving he really is. It doesn't make God bigger, You can't make God bigger, he's big already. But it helps us to see the detail that sometimes we miss. We miss because of the baubles, or we miss because of the busyness, or we miss because actually, no, I'm going to wait until God proves himself to me. But Mary glorifies. It reminds me a little bit of uh, the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus teaches us how to pray. And, And often we want to pray and focus on our sinfulness first because we think we need to clear the decks and make ourselves acceptable and then God God will be able to talk to us. But actually, God wants us to be less self-conscious and more father-conscious. 
He wants us to come to him as our father. And yes, when I know that he's my father and I've magnified him in my heart, I have no doubt about his power to forgive me. I have no doubt about his love for me. I have no doubt about the extent of his mercy and the extent of his forgiveness because I've seen who he is. And yes, Lord, in the light of that, what can I do but fall on my face? But God wants us to know him as he really is. And let that set our hearts on fire because we've got something that is the most important story that changes people's lives and not just their lives but changes their eternity. It's the most important thing you can ever share with anyone. And yet you look at Mary. Oh, I've lost my page now. How do I manage that? I mean, Mark. It's the Lord. No, it's not. Um, but Mary says... I glorify you, God. I rejoice in God, my Saviour, because he knows who I am. He's thinking about me. He's mindful of my station. I'm just about as ordinary as you can get. People would pass me in the street and they wouldn't even notice me. But God does. God's mindful of Mary. He knows her heart. He knows her. And as a result, she doesn't say, from now on all generations will exalt me, or from now on all generations will think me something special, or from now on all generations will worship me even. No, it's from now on all generations will know that God blessed this little girl who had faith and said to God when she was asked the most impossible, incredible thing, May it be to me as you have said. She showed humble obedience. And I guess if we were, if, if God had said to us, um, right, we're going we're gonna, to, I'm going to send my son as a baby to the world, but what I'd like you to do is have a bit of a selection on who should be the best mum for it, and we'll have a committee and we were to do a little bit of a brainstorm, nobo boarding, flip charts, whatever, we would probably say, number one, she's really got to be a, she's got to be a good mum. She's got to know what she's doing. That would be kind of number one. Uh, and she's got to have loads of good people around her, and we're going to have to book a hospital or build a hospital um, because nothing can go wrong. God does it absolutely the other way around. He picks this girl that nobody ever, nobody's heard of who just trusts her God and says, I'm going to do something amazing through you. And yes, you'll be blessed. And the whole world forever will know that you were blessed. Not that you were great, but that you were blessed. Because Mary was like you and me. She says in her first line, my spirit rejoices in God, my saviour. She knew she needed saving, just like you and me. Next week, when we think about the old man Simeon, it's kind of like ultimate ends of the age spectrum. But I think it's great how God doesn't wait until you're old enough or experienced enough to be used by him, or he doesn't forget you when you're retired and say, well, no, I'm moving on to another generation. God uses the young he uses the old. He actually uses everybody. But he uses the most unexpected. 
and does amazing things through them. And maybe God wants to do something amazing through you. You're no less or more obscure than Mary. The only ingredient that God looks for, for people who he can use, is that they love him and they follow him. He does the rest. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he's just the same. Mary goes back and remembers the things that she's read in the law and the stories of what God had done and how repeatedly the pattern was the same. He brings down the proud and he raises up the humble because he can use people who are full of him and not full of themselves. And maybe that's our challenge too as, as we think about where's, where's God in this Christmas for me? Are we prepared to empty ourselves of self and allow him to fill that space? Are we like Jesus in the Lord's Prayer, like Mary in this song? Begin by being father conscious and not self-conscious. It's not about me, it's about him. God, what are you going to do? What do you want to do with me? And it's not necessarily about the gifts that we think we've got. Because God picks people who think they can't do what he wants them to do. It's full of it. In the Old Testament, people like Moses and Gideon, totally inadequate for the tasks. But God made them adequate. Because ultimately they were willing to be used. So I don't care who, who you are in this con- congregation, what gifts you think you do or you don't have, how significant you think you are or you aren't. If you, like Mary, are prepared to empty yourself of you and ask him to make you the person that he wants you to be, to step off the throne, to take off the crown, and say, my life is your life. What amazing things could God do? And he remembers to be merciful, because none of us, as we know, deserve anything from God. We fail him. We fail each other. And we're not true to the calling that we've had. But his mercy never ends. And he comes back, just like Christmas comes back each year and he says here I am I know you failed but here I am I know you've heard this before but I'm going to tell you again I love you Jesus came to save you Jesus came to restore you Jesus came to bring you back to me so I'll be going to open that present and discard the wrapping for once and take hold of the gift and allow him to do his work in us and do marvellous things that will make us join with Mary in a song of praise, glorifying him, the one who makes all things new, who makes us new, who can do amazing things with very unamazing people, except for the fact that he made us and he knows us and he's mindful of our status. And yet he wants us for his own. 
Hallelujah. Let's just pray for a moment.